Welcome to Improve HF Podcast. Listen tips to improve heart health from the experts. Hello, I'm Professor A.K. Karp from Kolkata. I'm ex-professor of cardiology of SSKM and IPJMAR Department of Cardiology. At present, I'm a senior consultant cardiologist practicing in Kolkata. My chamber is at 82A Echorongi Road. Thanks to all of you who are attending my session. Now, today I am going to discuss a common topic which is very relevant and very common to all the physicians, general physicians, internists, cardiologists, like that. And that is called heart failure. Now, what is heart failure? Now, heart failure is the condition where heart is unable to pump the blood which is required for the body's day-to-day activities. So, that means the pumping of blood which is inadequate for the patient's daily routine activities. That is called heart failure. Now, why it occurs? It occurs because of the defective or inadequate contraction of the heart muscles that is called myocardium. Why it occurs? What are the conditions that give rise to this dysfunction of the heart muscles, giving rise to this heart failure? Common causes are coronary artery disease, which is the commonest disease, particularly in India. It is because of the deposition of fat or what is called atherosclerotic cardiovascular heart diseases, and it causes clogging of the coronary arteries so that there is a less blood supply to the myocardium. And as a result, either there will be heart attack or defective contraction of the myocardium giving rise to heart failure. So this is the one of the commonest cause giving rise to heart failure, particularly in India and almost in all over the world. Second condition which gives rise to the heart failure is systemic hypertension. That is also very common. Now, incidence of systemic hypertension in Indian population is almost about 30%. In, as a whole, all over the world, the incidence is about 25%. And it is much more in urban population setup than in rural population setup. So this is another cause of common heart failure, systemic hypertension. So if we manage the hypertension, incidence of heart failure will be much less. So this is the second cause giving rise to heart failure. Third is different types of diseases which affects the heart muscles. First, in India particularly, there is a one disease called rheumatic heart now, this rheumatic heart disease causes involvement of the uh, four types of heart valves, particularly the left side heart valves like aortic valve and mitral valve, giving rise to mitral stenosis, mitral regurgitation, aortic stenosis, and aortic regurgitation, either in combination or in solo. And also, there is involvement of the myocardium, giving rise to myocarditis, or, and that is called acute rheumatic fever, giving rise to rheumatic myocarditis, giving rise to heart failure, and this involvement of the heart uh, valves that gives rise to also in a later stages. That means long uh, after a long time, give rise to heart failure. So this is also another cause of heart failure, particularly in Indian uh, setup or Indian population. Then there is a primary disease of the heart muscle itself, what is called cardiomyopathy. And that cardiomyopathy also gives rise to heart failure. And cardio regarding cardiomyopathy, different types of cardiomyopathy, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, dilated cardiomyopathy, restrictive cardiomyopathy. So these are the three types of cardiomyopathy which give rise to involvement of the myocardium or heart muscle, giving rise to heart failure. So this is another common cause of heart failure. Then very rare causes myocarditis, viral infection, like COVID. This, for last few years, we are having this COVID infection. Now this COVID, it is a viral infection, it is a coronavirus infection. This coronavirus, COVID virus, can involve the myocardium, giving rise to myocarditis, and as a result, there is an inefficient contraction of the myocardium, giving rise to heart failure. So this is also, for last few years, COVID infection can give rise to heart failure. Then, of course, there are some other rare diseases which can give rise to heart failure, like uh, constrictive pericarditis and so and so forth. But these are the common conditions which I just uh, mentioned, giving rise to heart failure. 
Now, I told you the pathophysiology is that, that the defective contraction so that there is an inadequate amount of blood which is being pumped during systole into the systemic circulation so that patient tissue, uh, body tissue is getting much less oxygen and there is a defective organ function including the liver, kidney, brain, so everything. And that is the pathophysiology of heart failure so that there is a defective because of it is defective contraction of the heart muscle or what is called systolic dysfunction. Now, heart failure nowadays we are uh, classifying into two types, what is called systolic heart failure and diastolic heart failure. Systolic heart failure, what happened? Heart muscle is hypertrophic, heart is not enlarged, and um, I rather heart is enlarged, and there is a muscle is dysfunctional, heart is enlarged, cardiac chamber sizes are enlarged, and there is a ejection fraction, that is one of the important parameters by which we are saying there is a heart failure, reduced ejection fraction, and heart failure, heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, that is called HEPREP, where ejection fraction is less than 50%. Or ejection fraction, sometimes we say that it is less than 40 percent. Up to 40 percent, less than 40 percent, heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, if the ejection fraction is more than 50 percent, and in between, between 40 to 50 percent ejection fraction, that is called heart failure mid range ejection fraction. This is the modern classification of heart failure, and by which uh, and criteria wise, it is a ejection fraction criteria which is being estimated from the echocardiography. Now, then what happens, what, what is the presentation of heart failure to us, to the physician or to the cardiologist? Patient is complaining of shortness of breath, patient is complaining of swelling of the feet, patient is complaining of severe respiratory distress on lying down, that is called paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea, and patient is unable to do any sort of activities in a case of severe heart failure. And there may be a swelling of the abdomen because of the accumulation of fluid, there is a cough with expectoration because of the accumulation of fluid in the lungs. So these are the presentations. And on physical examination, what we are supposed to get it in this sort of patient, there is a swelling of the feet, humerus fetal edema, swelling of the abdomen because of the collection of the fluid in the abdomen, and there is a bilateral crepes in the lungs because of the fluid collection in the lungs, and in the heart itself, there is a enlargement of the heart, and there is a what is called gallop rhythm, or there is a presence of S3, with if there is involvement of the heart valves, humerus to different types of murmurs. So these are the presentations or clinical manifestations of heart failure. Now, then what comes to the management? How we are going to manage it? And manage, before going to the proper management or treatment, we have to confirm that this patient is having a heart failure, uh, what is the severity of the heart failure, whether it is heart failure, preserved ejection fracture, or rep or HEPREP. And depending upon that, we have to treat. So how we are going to investigate the patient? The common investigation of what we are doing during our day-to-day -day practice is ECG, 12-lead electrocardiogram, XHS, then echocardiography, and some blood parameters like hemogram, like uh, your lipid profile, thyroid disorders, sodium, potassium, creatinine, urea creatinine. So these are the, and what is called specific biomarkers for heart failure, what is called, this is called uh, NT-Pro VNP, like that. So these are the invest so blood investigation followed by ECG, XHS, and echocardiogram. These are the basic investigations we have to do in patients where we are suspecting heart failure. And depending upon the investigative findings, we have to treat the patient. Now, how we are going to treat it? So remember that as a whole, we have to treat the condition of heart failure and also we have to treat the cause of the heart failure which gives rise to heart failure. I told you, if the patient is having coronary artery disease, we have to manage the coronary artery disease. We have to give the hypertensive. We have to control the hypertension. If the patient is having other diseases like thyroid disorders, we have to treat the thyroid disorders uh, like that. Then, of course, what are the specific treatments for heart failure? First thing is that we have to tell the patient to take rest 
in case of paroxysm of nocturnal dyspnea or severe arterial complete blood test otherwise also you have to restrict his physical activity then diet i mean light diet i mean less spicy food light diet and depending upon the situation salt whether how much salt restriction you have to do and if there is a heart failure with the accumulation of fluid in the body so you have to restrict the to total fluid intake now normally during the summer season we are supposed to take 3 to 4 liters of fluid per day and during the winter season we are supposed to take 2 liters of fluid per day so during heart failure we have to restrict the total fluid intake in 24 hours to 1 liter or even less than that for 24 hours so that there will be less accumulation of fluid so fluid restriction then sodium restriction and dietary uh, factors i mean if the patient is obese and that there is a much more chance of heart failure So if the patient is obese or overweight, you have to reduce the total calories to thousand or like that, depending upon the how much overweight he is. So you have to bring down the body weight to a satisfactory level. And so diet. Then uh, if the once the patient improves, we will allow the patient to do some uh, light physical activities. And then specific pharmaceutical treatment. What are the specific drug therapy for this heart failure? Now drug failure first we are considering systolic heart failure. There there is a role of digoxin. And that is what is called uh, positive inotropic agents, because the role of digoxin was there previously during our student days or during our uh, postgraduate days. But nowadays, this role of digoxin in heart failure is only very minimal. But still, if the patient is having systolic heart failure with atrial fibrillation, particularly, then and with cardiomegaly, uh, digoxin helps. But it is not a uh, good option or it is a, not a efficient treatment. So, digoxin 0.25 milligram uh, per day, tablet-wise. Or half tablet day, depending upon the kidney uh, function or uh, EGFR. Now, you know, all of us uh, we are aware that once somebody is having heart disease and heart failure, there will be other associated diseases or other comorbid diseases, which is also very common, like um, renal failure, CKD, chronic kidney disease. Chronic kidney disease is one of the commonest association with heart failure. Then COPD, another common association with heart failure. And endocrine diseases, hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, there may be associated with that. And accordingly, we have to treat that condition. Now, say next main treatment: if the patient is fluid overloaded, means there is a swelling of the feet and there is a crepes in the lung, coarse crepes in the lung, we have to give diuretics, loop diuretics like tusemide or tosemide in adequate doses, so that there is diuresis, there is excessive water is being excreted to the urine, and patient will get relief. So, loop diuretics is one of the important drug of choice in patients who are having systolic heart failure with fluid overload. Then, spironolactone. Or epilerenone. These are what is called aldosterone receptor antagonists (ARA). Now, this is also another important aspect of treatment for heart failure uh, with a spironolactone or um, I mean aldosterone receptor antagonist, spironolactone or epilerenone. So, and with adequate doses, spironolactone is 25 to 100 milligram daily, and epilerenone is 25 milligram daily. Now, so whenever we are using, going to use this drug, we have to be cautious. We have to be very cautious about the plasma sodium and potassium level because it can derange the Plasma sodium and potassium level. There may be hyponatremia. There may be hyperkalemia. And accordingly, you have to adjust the doses. Then come what is called AC inhibitors or ARBs. That is another important aspect of treatment for heart failure. Now, adequate doses of AC inhibitors or ARBs uh, like uh, telmisartan, uh, ornithartan, telsartan, like that. So these are very important. Or um, angiotensin converting enzyme inhibitors like ramipril. Uh, so ramipril or ARBs in adequate doses. This is also another important treatment for systolic heart failure. Then, beta blockers. Beta blockers is very important for the treatment of heart failure, whether it is systolic heart failure or diastolic heart failure. So, beta blockers. Three types of beta blockers: metoprolol, then uh, carvedilol, 
or bishop prof these are the three bta brokers commonly being used in art failure and uh, if the patient is having copd bishop prof is of choice and otherwise selected uh, bta blocker metoprolol and carbidolol commonest uh, bta blocker which are using in our day to day practice is metoprolol sustained release preparation starting from 12.5 up to 200 mg it can be used depending on the response depending on the heart rate depending on the blood pressure response so ac inhibitors sorry if you are using ac inhibitors remipril it can be used from 2.5 to 10 mg daily in divided doses i mean in single doses uh, remipril is also quite effective but some people can give rise to cough or angioneurotic edema and in that situations we are not using remipril we are using angiotensin receptor blocker like pelmisatan or tocotan or olmisatan then New and new therapy or new drug has come up in the last ten years. That is called RE, angiotensin receptor neutralizing inhibitor. So this is a better group of drugs than angiotensin receptor or ARBs, and these are much more effective. And so, if the patient is on angiotensin receptor or uh, AC inhibitors, and patient is still not getting relief properly from the heart failure symptoms or signs, then we can switch over from these AC inhibitors therapies to RE. RE is a much better choice. So RE. And that is a, what is called uh, that is available in our uh, market. Uh, doses are need doses from 50 milligram to 200 milligram in divided doses, uh, one tablet twice a day. And this is a much better choice than AC inhibitors or ARBs. Here also you have to be cautious about the sodium and potassium level and creatinine level. Then comes the another gr new group of drugs which is very much um, rather effective for heart failure nowadays, particularly heart failure reduced ejection fraction or HEPREF, and that is called SGLT2 inhibitors. And SGLT2 is dapagliflozin. Empagliflozin or canagliflozin. Now, DEPA and EMPA, both the these two molecules are being commonly used in patients of heart failure, particularly DEPA, glyflozin, 5 to 10 mg daily, single dose. And this is another uh, important uh, drug which is very much effective in the management of heart failure. Then, in spite of all these pharmacological treatments, the patient do not get relief. Patient is having severe ejection fraction reduction, that is 30 or less, or 35 percent or less. And then we have to go for some interventional therapy like CRT. This is a special type of pacemaker for what is called dual biventricular pacemaker. And there is a one electrode in the atrium, one electrode in the ventricle, and one electrode in the left ventricle on the that means on the wall of the left ventricle. And this is the biventricular pacing. And biventricular pacing in patients who are having systolic heart failure ejection fraction less than 35 percent in ECG, there is a left ventricle branch block. And in spite of optimum uh, drug therapy, patient is not getting relief. And there, this biventricular pacing therapy or CRT is quite effective. If the patient is having arrhythmia, then our, of course, combo therapy of CRT and AICD is also is very effective. And in spite of all these treatments, patient is still not getting, patient is moribund, weight bound, and patient is not able to do any sort of activities in spite of all these management. Then we are going for left ventricular assist device, if it is a temporary, I mean, uh, support, or for permanent support, there is a what is called cardiac transplantation. We can consider cardiac transplantation, but cardiac transplantation, remember that it is a very, uh, I mean, we can advise so easily, but it cannot be implemented so easily. A lot of logistic uh, problems are there. Logistics are involved to get a uh, proper heart from a death patient, from uh, from um, uh, road accident patients. And we have to match the things and global all India, there is a network is there, computer network is there. And from that computer network, we can enroll the patients and from we can get a heart proper heart matched heart and for that you uh, I, I think you will appreciate that logistics are very important in leave aside the economics involved leave aside the facilities involved and so that's why it is not a common therapy for patients who are having intractable heart failure not responding to device therapy not responding to adequate pharmacological therapy but we can consider this cardiac transplantation thank you for your patient hearing